Welcome back to Artaholics Anonymous, where we talk about art and get tipsy. Um, today we're still drinking. Um, well, I'm, well, I've just finished actually my White Russian, which is very nice. And uh, I'm still <laughs> making my way through my horrific vodka. Your nasty vodka. <laughs> Oh, so gross. Uh, that that um, juice has literally been in the fridge for half a year, and I don't know how you're going to survive tomorrow. <laughs> oh, no. As you can tell, um, through, through the course of this rivalries uh, series, <laughs> series we, we, have, we have definitely gotten more drunk. <laughs> um, so, so welcome back to the series on rivalries, um, and where we, in this episode, where we discuss two more rivalries. Yeah. Okay, so uh, another thing is, um, I forgot to mention, but uh, we sort of um, got the inspiration for this like rivalry, rivalry idea um, from a book by Sebastian Smee called The Art of Rivalry, Four Friendships, Betrayals and Breakthroughs, um, which mentions Manny and Degas, Picasso and Matisse, Pollock and de Kooning um, and Freud and Bacon. However, we're not going to do... Freud and Bacon because... A little bit dark. <laughs> a, little a little bit, bit dark. A little bit sad, a little bit depressing. We might um, do another whole podcast episode just on Bacon because there's so much to talk about. Yeah. And I feel like with him, to talk about him, you really need to get into his whole like backstory and psyche a little bit. Yeah. 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 So we're going to do um, different artists instead. But first, we're going to focus on the third rivalry, which is Matisse and Picasso. Yes. Okay. So, basically, Matisse versus Maca- Picasso. Picasso. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> uh, they're both inspired by uh, Cezanne, who, if you remember, oh, is yes. the guy who C- does Cezanne. who does the uh, oranges on a table, which is the only one of his I can remember right now. Mm-mm-mm. Nice fruity paintings. Nice fruity paintings. <laughs> um. Basically, um, according to one of the uh, articles I read, Matisse was a t- kind of uptight person, and um, mm. because both uh, him and Picasso were both inspired and sort of doing work based on Cezanne's work, he Matisse was getting a little bit offended that Picasso was being so experimental and kind of bastardising Cezanne's style ah. with his own weird shit. Yeah, <laughs> weird shit. Where Matisse was a bit more traditional, mm. he was... Continuing the uh, tradition of Fauvism. Yeah, Fauvism, yeah. I, I, I think it's Fauvism. Fauvism? Fauvism? Yeah, sure. Who knows? Uh. Which is kind of based on colour. Mm. Um, whereas Matisse was kind of going into more formal, like, going into cubism and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, so once again, this is sort of more of a rivalry based on, like, uh, differences or, or disagreements in, in artistic style. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, they were, but Matisse was offended by Picasso's um, changing Cezanne style. Um, it then kind of became a bit of a dick measuring contest where they... <laughs> of course it did. <laughs> Typical men. Of course. They both accused each other of stealing their ideas at various points in their in their artistic careers. So, mm. <laughs> first of all, Matisse accused Picasso of stealing his idea when Picasso painted, um, watch me pronounce this badly, uh, Les Demoiselles d'Avignon, 
Oh yeah, and I know it's quite good. I just think. that continue of all Double the uh, all the uh, women. They're kind of posing. It's kind of based on African art a little bit. Oh. Quite a famous Picasso. I yeah. think it's his like breakout painting. Mm. Apparently, it's really um, owes a lot of work to some of Matisse's earlier kind of nudes. Ah. So he was like, "You're stealing my shit." Yeah. And then, after that, Picasso thought that Matisse was kind of following him into Cubism. Ah, uh, so, so and then... Picasso did it first. Yeah, so, yeah, so then uh, Picasso got pissy because he was like, uh, excuse me, uh, you can't steal my, steal my ideas. Uh, I, I was here first. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Gatekeep. <laughs> but... Girl boss gatekeep gas. Yeah, this, this is the uh, girl, girl boss gatekeep gas like section of the show. <laughs> However, despite this, like, childish rivalry they had, they did have a lot of respect for each other, like, mm. kind of. It was kind of a, um, definitely a frenemy situation. Yeah, that is really interesting. So, Matisse, this is a quote from Matisse where he said, Only one person has the right to criticise me. It is Picasso. Oh, wow. So, like, definitely he held him in, like, yeah. high, high he held himself in high respect, but also Picasso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just like, we, we, we have our own separate, high-up rivalry. No one, if, if anyone's going to criticise me, it can only be him. Yeah, they both considered themselves so far above everyone else at the time. Mm-mm, egotist. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> but it is interesting that they didn't, they didn't hate each other, they kind of respected each other. Yeah, that, that is really interesting. Especially since Matisse was kind of older and he was already established when Picasso kind of came on the scene. Mm, so, mm, mm, yeah. Um, uh, Picasso um, then went on to kind of bully Matisse a tiny bit oh, no. <laughs> by caricaturing his work. But the uh, writers that I was reading about this rivalry mm-hmm, on, mm-hmm. online kind of said that it was because... Uh, Picasso wanted Matisse to come back into the ring because Matisse had kind of disappeared ah. for a little bit. Interesting. Kind so of... it was sort of like um, yeah. bullying him, like calling him names, or whatever. Like goading him into Go- yeah, goading him into back. yeah, goading him into fighting back, goading him into returning. It's sort of like it seems like sort of one of those rivalries that like sort of they feed each other with it like they That's they, exactly they it. need it to like or like at least yeah. Picasso needed like the revi- rivalry with Matisse to like sort of continue and like sort of have have energy and have inspiration in a way yeah here's a quote from one of the websites I was looking at where um it says um it was very easy for the young ne'er-do-wells sexually libertine socially libertine foreign artists in Paris to make fun of the old guy who's in Nice painting Odalisque because he can't get it up with his wife anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's fairly easy to make fun of Matisse during this period of time. So Matisse is basically seen as kind of a little bit past it. He's kind of yeah, stuck yeah. in a rut with his art. And Picasso is just like poking him. Yeah, yeah. come on, him do something. <laughs> to try and get him back. Because I think Picasso's such an egotist that he's like, I need someone who's on my level yeah. to, yeah, to make like, life interesting. Yeah, yeah, to make life interesting to complete to compete with. Otherwise, it's just sort of like oh, everything else is boring. Everyone else is boring. Yeah, yeah. no, this quote really sums up Picasso's attitude. <laughs> Picasso says, "God is really another painter, like me." <laughs> <laughs> Wow, okay, yeah, that's uh, quite high and mighty of him. Very much. Um, <laughs> like me. <laughs> yeah. But um, they had this 
definite um, respect for each other mm. that really shows after Matisse dies. Aww. Picasso really mourned Matisse and Aww. did a lot of paintings based on um, Matisse's work, kind of a series that um, kind of memorialised him and Aww. his style, which is quite sweet. That, that is good. I mean, I, I, don't, I dislike Picasso um, yeah. so much for so a lot, a lot of reasons. Not necessarily because of his painting, but... Yeah, um, I mean, you can see this kind of post, um, like, after his death, Picasso maybe, like, exploited Matisse's legacy a tiny bit. Oh. It's kind of like an imagined collaboration. He did a series that's oh, like, really? imagine if me and Matisse had got along and painted together. Oh, you know? really? Oh, that's so and interesting. it depends how you see it. You can see it as, like, a nice thing. It's, like, a respectful mm-hmm. thing. Or you can mm-hmm. see it as, like, well, he's dead now, so I can do what I want. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like... Um, I, I don't like Picasso for many reasons, such as like the, the way he treated women and uh, things like that, which I feel like sort of deserves a whole uh, thing of its own. But um, but yeah, I feel like that that is sort of like, it does really seem like they sort of, at least they needed each other or like at least P- Picasso needed Matisse to like, to drive him and therefore like sort of dedicated a series of work to him after he died. Yeah. However, at the height of their rivalry, oh, <laughs> so petty! The petty they basically, they basically did a thing where they they each gave each other a painting of their own for each other's studio. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Matisse took deliberately took one of Picasso's worst paintings. It was like a really, <laughs> really pathetic like still life, which I don't think even Picasso was that proud of. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, probably not. Yeah, probably on purpose. Oh, which I probably, is, I mean, definitely a, a bit of a, a bit of a burn. Mm. However, this is so much worse. Picasso took a painting that uh, Matisse did of um, Matisse's daughter. <gasps> um, a nice painting based on like um, naivety of childhood drawings. Yeah, like, cute painting. Um, and apparently, Picasso and his gang, which at this point included fellow artists like Brach and Duran, mm. who had, like, moved over from the Matisse team to the Picasso team in the midst of this. Oh, movie. So okay. So there's, drama going on. there's, like, a whole... They've got teams. It's like a... They've got, like, a posse following them. It's like a, it's like a it's like a Taylor Swift um, yeah. and Bad Blood <laughs> type, of, type of situation. They've got, they've got like... Yeah, they've yeah. got their their teams and yeah, and, and they're switching over. Well, the the the, the gossip, the it's the very team. mean girls. Yeah. <laughs> so one night, um, Picasso and and his team of mean girls were getting kind of pissed <laughs> off about uh, Matisse, and they started shooting like those pretend like children's fake arrows at this painting. Oh my god! And they were using it as a bullseye. They were like, because it's a painting <gasps> of of like his daughter. And they were like, oh my god! They were using a painting of Matisse's daughter as as a as target practice (laughs) which is so mean but also quite funny no it's to put i feel sorry for his daughter yeah they were like those um arrows with like a suction cup at the end so you go like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but (laughs) still still (laughs) yeah that's that's very petty that's it's 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 a little bit funny, I have to admit. It's funny. Um, <laughs> a little bit. But, like, to do that to a painting is is kind of, like, to... It's kind of messed up, especially of one of his, of his daughter. Um, I would be... You know, like any if anybody ruins any sort of painting in any way, I, I feel like that's sort of... It's 
It's a big no-no. Yeah, but it's a big no-no. Paintings take a really long time. <laughs> if anybody did that to my painting, I'd be super pissed off. Yeah, for real. But um, I think, nevertheless, this pettiness was kind of like just a phase for them. Yeah. Because it kind of went in a wave. Yeah. They had their like, normal rivalry, and then it became petty, and then they kind of recovered, and, and then by the time it just died, they were like, goodish terms oh it seems like they were like sort of knew each other for a really long time oh yeah they spent a lot of time at each other's studios looking at each other's work i think i can't remember the exact quote but they were like no one knows mm. my work like matisse does or oh Picasso wow does. oh that's so interesting and they really really influenced each other like stylistically which is cool mm. okay so okay so the last um rivalry um, <laughs> drum roll, please. <laughs> Is between Michelangelo and Leonardo. Good old, yes. good old, very, very familiar Michelangelo. Throwback to our first episode. Listeners, <laughs> please go back and listen to our first episode. <laughs> wow, what a throwback. Such a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, I've sort of, my source for this is... Uh, a Guardian article called And the Winner Is by Jonathan Jones, right? Oh, cool. Um, but, uh, I, and I mentioned that because some of the quotes um, in this article are quite funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, it basically mentions that um, Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo had one thing in common, um, and that is that neither liked to finish anything. Oh, <laughs> Relatable. It's just, <laughs> just so relatable. It's such. It's such a mood. Um, so I had to mention that. Us with this podcast idea. Um, and that's the. That was the only thing that I had in common. Um, no, um, I just thought it was funny because uh, I was just like, yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> um, finishing things is hard. Yeah. Um, and um, okay, on to the facts. Um, so um, uh, they're sort of they're. Um, rivalry was sort of very known it was very famous it was sort of very in the news cultivated yeah. by like the the public and people by people like Vasari um, oh, so so um, at the beginning of the 16th century um, side by side on the same wall um, da Vinci and uh, Michelangelo were hired to paint vast battle scenes in direct competition with each other okay. so already like um so, um, already they're sort of very, as soon as on the, as soon as they're on the scene together, they're both like the two best artists, um, like. So it's a really intense kind of small arena for them mm. to fight in. Yes, exactly. Two very famous artists in Florence, um, and, um, and the council hall of this, so this is the, the hall that they're, they have to paint side by side is the council hall of the Palazzo. Uh, the the chica, the Show me where it is. The the Oh, I don't know why I thought I could help ve, you. That's Italian. Vecchio, ve, <laughs> Vecchio. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Let's Palazzo Vecchio. Palazzo Vecchio. It might be. Palazzo, Palazzo Vecchio. <laughs> Let's go with that. Again, Italian listeners. I'm so sorry. <laughs> in in Florence. Um. Uh, yeah, um, so this is, so they're, they're, they're already 
pitted against each other. So they're trying to paint something on this wall of the Palazzo Vecchio. Yeah, um, so literally, quite literally, side by side on this wall, like they've been hired to paint uh, battle scenes. Um, okay. So it's 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 a very clear like competition um, between the two. Cool. Um, which is which is definitely quite interesting. Um, Do you think this would be like the olden days version of like the chase or something? <laughs> Everybody coming into the city hall, like um, to the or the council hall to to like what? Yeah, <laughs> really, really slow. No, no, this would be more like in kind of genre terms, the final of the Bake Off or something like that. Oh, true. It is very Bake Off final level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really intense, and everyone's watching. Yeah, yeah it very much is that. Um, <laughs> it yeah, very much so. Um, and so yeah, so they're. That there's lots of people like sort of watching what they're doing um, and comparing the two like you know everybody's saying oh they're both genius artists and they're both you know the most famous and mm-hmm. stuff like that um, and uh, <laughs> um, this this quote from this article says it might sound crass to talk as though the decoration of the council hall was a point scoring competition between two such lofty minds as Leonardo and Michelangelo but that was how contemporaries saw it Um, and basically um, Leonardo was in his early 50s he was already established he was already famous and renowned throughout Europe um, and he just painted the Mona Lisa at this point so he is he is, he is the most famous, like, you could be. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, and like Leonardo was, like, uh, y- y- younger. He was he was 29, but, like, he was a prodigy. He'd, he'd already been painting since he was, like, a kid. Yeah, um, he'd beaten out his... Uh... His master. His master. <laughs> yeah. At the age of, like, three or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. According to Vasari, which uh, kind of sounds like rubbish. but sounds uh, sus, but okay. Uh, it's kind of sus. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so this is two like, very famous artists, one slightly older, um, one slightly younger, but, like, they've got, like, the same amount of fame, probably. Thank you, Dickie. Um, and, uh, yeah, um what the like sort of political landscape at the time had quite a lot to do with this right um and uh so um there was it says there was far more at stake than artistic rivalry um so what happened was the council hall which of which they were painting in this sort of competition was the center of a new like populist idea of the Florentine Republic um so there'd just been uh or there would there just yeah there'd just been an expulsion of the Medici um in 1494 so the Medici's are this family that are like really really influential influential kind of like the mafia right basically yeah like sort of like godfather royalty like they they had all the control, okay. um, and and so they were. There was an expulsion of the Medici, and then sort of it became like there was sort of like a whole Republican, um, not in the American Republican way, like yeah. in an actual Republican, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, like sort of uh, we don't want to be sort of controlled or ruled over. It's part part of the people. Okay. Um, so it was like, yeah, so the council hall was the centre of the this like new idea um, and like this populist idea of the Florentine Republic. Um, so this was definitely like a political moment as well as this like... Um, personal rivalry. Yeah, personal rivalry. But they were both like 
they are actually like sort of both um, Republicans, okay. it seems at least. Um, so they sort of had that in common, like they were both on the side of wanting to celebrate like this, like the fall of the Medici family. Yeah. Um, what's interesting, like they they both had sort of like different different styles. Um, it says here, Leonardo, soft, shadowy, ambiguous, Michelangelo, sublime, sublimely decisive. Um, and their enmity, an- yeah. what? And <laughs> their enmity um, had uh, one thing in common. Okay. Um, yeah, and that was that neither neither <laughs> to finish anything. Oh, yeah. um, um, uh, my <laughs> this this article's really shady. So Michelangelo <laughs> never got past the drawing stage. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I've um, been there, but Michelangelo. Uh, on, on this, uh, on on like sort of this bit, and uh, but what a drawing! Everyone agreed. Um, okay, that's nice. So yeah, so that's nice. Um, um, basically, uh, what what sucks about this is that it says uh, Michelangelo's painting never reached the wall, but Leonardo's did. Um, it's a mystery why it was painted over in 1565 by that same Vasari who wrote Leonardo's Life. Oh my god, Vasari! <laughs> so, this is why I hate <laughs> Well, no, it's like, it's like, so I really don't like it. It's like, dude, you can't paint over a Leonardo! Like, it's not like, it's not like he's, he was an unknown, like, he had about as much fame than as he does now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was fully the most famous painter well, I mean, at I, the time. I guess if he famed in a different way, it would be like the most famous contemporary artist now. It would it would still very much be like imagine if somebody went and painted over a Banksy and like that's happened. Like if somebody went and painted over a Banksy, there'd be uproar. It, would, yeah. it is like, like someone if went, how went and like smashed a Grace and Perry pot or whatever. Like, yeah, it is. It is honestly an insult. I I find it insulting. But <laughs> uh, Vasari's egotism, like today, and, and like Vasari is not even known for being an artist. He's not, he can't have even been that good. Like, stick to the writing. Yeah, so. dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like he's like he really isn't known for being an artist. He can't have been very good. I'm no, I don't think I've really seen anything that Vasari's painted, <laughs> um, which I think speaks for itself, honestly. Yeah, especially since this was like already popular as being uh michelangelo v leonardo like spot Mm-mm-mm-mm. yeah literally it's like how how dare you um but yeah so that's sort of like part part one element of the sort of rivalry and, and it's not so much like there's not so much personal at least not not from what we know there's not so much personal rivalry there so much as like they just had slightly different styles and sort of happened to be commissioned against each other a bit, uh, yeah. <laughs> but they were both sort of seem to agree politically, and um, both seem to sort of be Republicans. What's kind of sad though um, is that in 1512, uh, a Spanish army uh, sent by the Holy League, <laughs> the Holy League. <laughs> yeah, um, overthrew the Florentine Republic, um, and uh, Piero uh, Sod. Soderini, there you go, I got it. Uh-huh. Um, Piero Soderini um, fled, and, and Piero Soderini was sort of like um, the. Um... <laughs> uh, no, 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 yeah, like in a the way. army leader. No, 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 like he, he was. Um... Give me a second. Is this cool? Yeah, yeah, I've flagged it, so it's okay. There you go. Um, 
Piero Soderini, yeah, okay, yeah. Piero Soderini was elected in 1502. So as a, as a lifetime gonfalonia. Gonfalonia. Gonfal- <laughs> of justice in the Republic. Anyway, he was, he's a, he was elected and essentially he was the person who set Leonardo and Michelangelo to work on the same wall. So okay. he, he, he essentially started this com- competition. He, in a way, he is, he is the um, Paul... Paul Hollywood. <laughs> Paul Hollywood <laughs> in this situation. <laughs> um, Love it. <laughs> um, which, yeah. But anyway, so, so what happened is uh, Paul Hollywood um, fled. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, which is kind of sad. So anyway, so um, Soderini was elected originally, but um, there was an overthrow and the Medici will return to, pa- will return to power. Okay. Um, which, which is, and then, and then that's when Machiavelli retired to write his bleak political theory. So it was Machiavelli's prince spurred, yeah, it was spurred by ouch. His Machiavelli's uh, political theory was like spurred by this turn of events and the Medici being returned to power. Yeah, Machiavelli's prince is all about like how leaders are allowed to be a little bit evil sometimes if it if it. No, <laughs> I, if it produces uh, if it produces good results. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I I don't know what Machiavelli I know, I thought. Read it, so yeah, I mean either. I don't know what Machiavelli thought of. So there's going to be some people who are just like, oh, you uneducated people. Have you not <laughs> have you not read Machiavelli? Um, but uh, yeah, so like it's interesting because like that's pretty famous and and this sort of political. Um, these political events sort of spurred like that that theory and that writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, the just so the Medici return right and uh, and Michelangelo and and Leonardo have been there like being Republican doing this wall. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it, it works out for Michelangelo though. Okay. <laughs> because uh, um, despite the fact that he was a Republican, I don't know if he was super loud about it, but um, because um, and despite that he owed um, the Medici and the Pope, like, as patrons, because he had them as patrons quite a lot. Yeah. Um, it, it was, like, um, fine. <laughs> Everything always works out so well for him. It was fine because he was so famous and, like, such a good painter that they were like, eh, it's all right, like... He can do no wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, oh, it's all right, like, we'll just forget about you being a Republican, like, because, like... <laughs> like we sort of want you to paint for us and you're really famous so okay um i can understand that but like the it, it is it definitely seems like he was a republican because um he he once again returned to florence so he was in florence um when the medici were overthrown the first time mm-hmm. and then like seemed to have left when they came back a bit like sort of sort of like oh i'll, I'll go truffling again okay um, so you don't want to be around when they're there yeah yeah basically and and then um when they were, when the medici were chucked out a second time mm-hmm. in 1527 um so like 15 years later um he returned he came back again okay <laughs> um, so when the republic was restored once again like he was like oh yeah i'll return to florence so it definitely seems like he was a republican um which is quite nice and then three years later <laughs> the worst thing happened the Medici came back 
Um, but yeah, it was like, ah, oh, you, you chill. Um, yeah, because okay. of, because and of they the kept forgiving him each time. Well, like, they, I don't. They just sort of forgave him overall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but like, he definitely seemed like a Republican because he was like, I'll, I'll be in Florence when the Medici aren't in Florence. <laughs> like, okay. um, so are the Medici royalty? I'm a bit confused. Um, or are they just a I think, powerful family? I think they're just, like, super powerful family. I don't think that they're royalty, royalty. I don't really know how it works. Yeah. Just look it up. It'd be really bad if we'd gotten, like, a bunch of this wrong. House of Medici. Uh, Italian banking family and political dynasty. Okay, so they're not actually royalty, but maybe they didn't have kings back then. I don't know. No, they had kings, but like I think I don't think it, it was they were a noble house, but I think because it was just for Florence, not for like the whole of Italy. Oh, I get you. Um, and I guess the Pope would have been the most powerful. So they produce yeah exactly. So it was because it was the Pope and not royalty. So um, so the Medici produced four popes of the Catholic Church. I get you. Okay, so the Medici were, um, the House of Medici um, were, was a, an Italian banking family and political dynasty. Um, and they produced like four popes of the Catholic Church. So that was sort of like the, yeah. the power, yeah, the power of the, at least, at the very least Florence. Yeah, and I guess because the Pope's the most powerful figure in the whole of Italy, if you're yeah. popping out popes every couple of generations, <laughs> yeah. then... You're, you're popping out popes, yeah, here and <laughs> there. Have a lot of power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, definitely they, they had the most, like, wealth, wealth and influence, a um, lo- lot of control. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it sort of, like, ends on a bit of a downer because, like, after they, the Medici came back in uh, 1530... Republicanism, Republicanism was was uh, finished in Florence. Um, That's so shame. yeah, it's uh, and then the Palazzo, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, or Pala, what did it, what? Palazzo, Palazzo, uh, the the key. What did I say before? Who knows? The Vichico. 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 I think we should just do like a blanket apology for every pronunciation that we do. <laughs> the alcohol is definitely like not helping with my concentration. <laughs> yeah. I think that if I was sober, then I might. Yeah, neither be okay. of us are real like language people. Fetchy. <laughs> I'm going with fetch. Vecchio. It? It's vecchio. Because okay. it's not vecchico because there's no C after the vecchio. <laughs> <laughs> we just can't read. We just that. Um, the palazzo. <laughs> Palazzo Vecchio. Palazzo Vecchio. There you go. <laughs> Do it in my English accent. Palazzo Vecchio. Palazzo Vecchio. The Palazzo Vecchio. Um, so that bit actually ended up becoming a Medici palace. So that was so that the the, the place this 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 center of like um, populism, like and 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 um, in a sort of in a good way uh, yeah. <laughs> um, at the, the, the centre this council hall of um, the populist idea of the Florentine Republic like sadly became a Medici palace that sucks so yeah that's sort of like um, the, the, the part of yeah. their rivalry that I, guess, I yeah disappointed but not surprised <laughs> <laughs> okay so like in summary um, each of these rivalries like has a slightly different flavor, a slightly different flavor. Yeah. Um, so yeah, de Kooning and Pollock 
the Koenig versus Pollock is a bit more like ideological. It's kind of based mm. on the sort of how each of them felt about what art should be at this time. Yeah. At the sort of dawn of abstract expressionism and stuff. Yeah. Um, and also they're really influenced by the critics that were on their own team, Clement and Rosen um, Clement Greenberg and, and Rosenberg, respectively. Yeah, yeah. And also influenced by celebrity being in the limelight, kind of. Yeah. But mostly about art itself. Yeah. Son of formalism versus existentialism. Mm. Um, Degas and Manet, bit of a petty kind of frenemy situation. Yeah. It's very personal. We don't really know what made Manet slash up that painting of himself and his wife, but I'm sure it was something petty. Mm-hmm. Also, disagreements based around Degas' views of women, maybe? Yes, uh, women issues. Uh, yes. Definitely, that is definitely... The, yeah, so the... all very personal. Mm, um, and therefore quite difficult to gauge yeah. what they were really thinking. They definitely were like opposites in terms of attitudes towards women. You have the womanizer and, and you yeah, have... Versus the incel. Versus the incel. <laughs> yeah. Um, Picasso and Matisse, kind of a useful and productive rivalry somehow because it kind yeah. of... Um, each of them forced the other to create new and exciting art. Mm. At the same time, it was incredibly petty. Yeah. <laughs> they were both just kind of poking each other, being like, Oi, oi, do more art. I dare you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wake up and do more art. Come Very on. much so. <laughs> and finally, Michelangelo versus Leonardo da Vinci. Kind of very famous artist, Artists pushed into a rivalry. Yeah, we don't really know too much about it. Because it's sort of far back in time. Yeah. We don't know how, how really they felt about each other, but we know that they were pushed into a rivalry by the political forces of the time, specifically uh, Soderini. Yeah, who just wanted the... Who, he just seems like a bit mischievous. He was like, work on the same wall. I want to see like the gossip, see how this plays it's out. It's kind of like when they forced people to go on dates in Love Island. <laughs> They're like, yes, this will be good TV. So Solorini <laughs> is just like a pot stirrer. He was just like, ee hee hee, let me, let me see like what gossip this creates. So like in summary, like what I gauge from this is that we have the boxing match, the painting slash, the, <laughs> the poking each other and Bake Off. Yes! <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, so. And with that, and with amazing th- summary. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And, and with that, we say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Let's, uh, let's cheers. Oh, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Ching. <laughs>